Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In this episode, we are debriefing IMEX America 2021, which I had the pleasure of attending in Vegas at Mandalay Bay. And I am going to chat about my experience and also some lessons learned, and then hopefully give you some FOMO so that you can also attend in future years. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast for this week. I am Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, joined by Logan Clements, our other co-host, and we are really excited about this episode, of course, just like we are every week. And we are going to be talking about IMEX and recapping IMEX America and lessons learned from that experience. And so, of course, before we jump in, we have a question for the day. So the question is very on theme with what we're talking about today. So Logan, hello. And the question is, what's your favorite way to network? So this one's very broad. And I do want to stay before we get into this episode. I'm going to be really interviewing Mary because I'm experiencing serious FOMO or that fear of missing out because I didn't get to go to IMAX. I was working at an event for a client, which was great. Um, and honestly, I would say IMAX, was, IMAX wasn't on my radar, so I didn't schedule around it. But I'm excited to hear about Mary's experience. My favorite way to network is... Well, I actually hate it if it's an actual networking event. I usually find that my best networking happens at like an activity or some event that is around something else and the networking is more organic. Um, I always joke if I go to a networking event as an extroverted person, I get really anxious still about just straight up networking. And so I often hang around the food and or drink table and then try to like casually strike up conversation about like coffee. That's great. What do you think about the coffee, guys? Or... (laughs) do you like this cheese? It really tastes really good. Or I don't know. It sounds more <laughs> awkward now doing it, but I usually try to use the, the food or the drinks as like a springing off for conversation if I have to like strike up conversation at a networking event. How about you, Mary? What's your favorite way to network? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I, I, my favorite way to network is like cold outreach. Like, is that, I, I would still say that's networking. So it's like targeting people I think would be a good partner and reaching out to them and then speaking and specifically like going to lunch or something. I feel like I get the best feel when it's in person and it's still kind of more of a laid back conversation, but just like that, that type of thing. Cause when you're just networking to network, sometimes it's like, I don't know if this is going to like really lead to anything, but if it's like targeted, I feel like it's a little bit more worth it sometimes, but I'd say that's my favorite. But all that being said, I, and this, I guess, goes right into our topic, but I've been to uh, one conference before. It was a fundraising conference and it was a good experience, but it was also a few years ago. And I feel like I'd like to think <laughs> that I've matured over the years a little bit. And um, I had a much better experience this time around at this conference and I have at other conferences just because I was like in the right mindset to network. And I was I was extremely nervous about it. Like, to be honest, I almost like decided not to go because I didn't know very many people that were going. And I felt I just feel like I function better if there's somebody like one other person with me and then I can be like as outgoing as ever. It's just hard to do by myself. So all that being said, I was surprised that this was actually super fun. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear about it. I think I agree with you, Mary, on the 
networking, the favorite way of like just doing outreach coffee, like coffees. And now in this world of virtual, like virtual coffees are honestly my favorite, my preferred way, like that one-on-one, especially if I have someone trying to network with me, like they've reached out to me, if they come in having a very specific question um, or a specific topic versus just saying, Hey, I want to pick your brain. And I try to apply that when I reach out to folks, I don't know. I try to find something specific I want to talk to them about. And then the conversation can go from there, but just easier than saying, Hey, I want to network. And that's the same with like random outreach I get on LinkedIn and things. If it's really broad, I usually um, don't respond to it just because it feels like it's too broad. You know, it's not really a good use of your time versus a, a specific ask. So, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, yeah. so let's jump into IMEX. Um, it just happened in Las Vegas last week. Mary is still recovering vocally from all the the networking and talking <laughs> that she probably did. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of talk about, talk it to you, Mary, talk about it to you, Mary, when it's still fresh in your head, any learnings that you can put into action just as like an event pro and a business owner. Um, And then maybe we will give everybody FOMO who's listening to this and uh, get more people to attend next year. So uh, before I always, you know, we love to level set here in this podcast. So let's first say, what is IMEX? And for those listening, if you're a visual person, it's I-M-E-X. So Mary, what is IMEX? So as you're saying this, I just Googled IMEX because I want to know what it stands for. And I actually don't know, but um, what does IMEX stand for? But IMEX is a, can- is, a, is a conference essentially. And by the way, anything that I explain, let me caveat this with saying this is my first year IMEX, so I'm still learning. So if any of you are listening, you like have been all the time, you might kind of be like, that's not really what it is, Mary. But I've given you my perspective today. So here you go. Um IMEX is um, a convention and I went to IMEX America. They have IMEX Frankfurt in Germany as well. This was IMEX America in Vegas. And it's um, one of the top basically event conventions. And there's lots of like destination management companies. There's there's a ton of hotels. So there's like that big bit of travel aspect for the event industry. But then also on the other side, there's lots of um, event platforms um, and then just a lot of event professionals like myself and ourselves who go to something like this. And so there's just like a wide range of exhibitors. So the event is essentially an exhibition and um, with some networking opportunities, obviously, but for the most part, it's like visiting booths in a convention center. That is really what it is. Um, So with that being said, what does IMEX stand for? Worldwide Exhibition for Incentive Travel Meeting and Events. There you go. That's what Google says. <laughs> Boom. And Mary, how did you hear about IMEX? So I heard about it through our lovely friend Vanessa, who was on episode five, maybe, was it? Of uh, She's the one who spoke about RFPs and how to get business with RFPs. Um, and she's very well connected. Shout out to Vanessa. And so she told me about it and I hadn't really heard about it before. That being said, I also, I um, did kind of, I've heard it like through the grapevine as well through our friend Jessica. And I actually feel bad now that I'm saying this. Hi, Jessica. Um, Jessica asked if I wanted to go. I remember this closer like to the beginning of the year. And I was like not convinced that it was a worthwhile endeavor. And so I didn't really put it on my calendar. She booked herself out. And then like a week before I was like, oh, I'm actually going. You want to come? And she was like, no, because you told me no and I'm busy and stuff like that. And so Sorry, Jessica. Next year. I have a big plans for next year, which we'll talk about later. So that's how I heard about it. Just kind of through the grapevine. Although um, it's my understanding that it's pretty well known. So Logan, have you heard about it before? I had not until I then felt like all of our virtual friends and fellow like both friends of the pod and several people that we've interviewed on the podcast and are just, I would say, our event 
network across the country were all going. And so you guys did it successfully through like several of your social media accounts, make me feel like I totally should have been there. Um, well, I guess I want to talk about then, Mary, your, before we get into like what your goals were and stuff. So um, what were, how did you get involved then with this experience? Because I know you told me you were a hosted buyer. Can you tell our listeners what a hosted buyer is? Yeah. So I, um, it, basically a hosted buyer is someone, it's a, it's a different type of attendee. There's different types of attendees and a hosted buyer is one that goes and they are hosted. And so for example, I was hosted by MPI Meeting Professionals International. Um, that was through Vanessa. And um, basically with that, uh, they pay for your accommodations and for your flight. So this is why being hosted is like so amazing. And this is like one of the key points, if you remember anything from listening to this about IMAX, is from my perspective, it seems like most people can get hosted in some way. And you really should get hosted instead of just going as an attendee. Like when I was looking at some people, you know, we wore the um, badges around the conference the whole time and it listed what kind of attendee you were. So people knew if they were a hosted buyer or an exhibitor or just an attendee. And for folks that were just attendees, I just wanted to go up to them and be like, no, did you know, though, that you could get hosted? And then like everything is paid for. And it's that just like blows my mind. So when I first heard about it, I was like, this seems kind of like a scam, right? Anything that's like kind of free seems kind of like a scam. But it was awesome. So the conference was in Mandalay Bay in Vegas. And so I was able to stay in Mandalay Bay, which was super fun and super convenient. And um, then there's like, you know, they refund up to a certain price for flights. So yeah, it was exciting. So that's what a hosted buyer is. But in return, it depends who you are hosted with. Um, and by the way, you could get hosted with, like, for example, just to get your, your minds thinking out there. If you do business with any type of hotel, especially if it's like a bigger chain, um, like Marriott, for example, or Hyatt or something like that, chances are you could get hosted through them. And so you just kind of need to ask because they have so many people that they can, you know, present hosted buyer things to. So um, just be thinking on who, who your network is, who your vendors are, and chances are you could get hosted. You could um, go through MPI like I did. Uh, you could become a member of MPI, which is just like seems super valuable in and of itself. Um, if you work with a certain event platform, you could get hosted through them. So, you know, if somebody's going to be there, chances are they can get you hosted. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I think when I hear the word buyer, Mary, my brain are instantly is like, oh, is it something that you have to commit to spending a certain amount of money, booking a certain number of events with people that um, you meet at this conference? Can you clarify that? Like what, what is the commitment from you when you say yes to something like that? Because all those free perks sound amazing. Yeah. So first of all, to kind of qualify for it, you have to fill out an application um, and the application basically asks like for a, some examples of events that you have coming up. And um, through that, I think they kind of determine if that's the type of buyer they're looking for. Um, however, it kind of is my understanding as well that it's pretty it's a pretty it's pretty open. Right. So by hearing that, don't think, oh, well, then I'm probably not going to qualify for it because that's kind of what I felt, too. And then I was able to, to go. And so just kind of keep that in mind and try filling out the application in future years and also making that connection with, like I said, someone who could host you. And then I think that's going to be pretty successful for you. But so um, there are definitely expectations that come with being a hosted buyer. And so the experience that I had is speaking specifically to being hosted through MPI. And so it might be you know, different if you're hosted through somebody else. So I'm not, I can't really speak to that. But for me, there were 
a lot of expectations and that was okay. Um, it actually gave me purpose, which I thought was really great because when you go to these things, it feels like kind of awkward, but I always had somewhere to go. And so that was, that was good for me, I think. <laughs> um, but so some of the, the expectations and I'll walk you through kind of like the schedule as well, because I feel like that sets the the stage for the expectations. But um, basically we had to meet with uh, a minimum of six exhibitors per day. And so for that, you have to make appointments ahead of time and you can do that through, you know, just like the IMAX um, system that you have an account with. And so you can go through all the list of exhibitors, the many, 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 many exhibitors and decide which ones you want to meet with, schedule an appointment with them. And then you have to show up for that appointment, right? It's like you have to kind of follow through with what you're signing up for. And the appointments are like no more than 30 minutes. Um, And you can go just like, you know, as a discovery or you might have a certain event and you need to talk ideas or figure out services and things like that. So yeah, a minimum of six per day. Um, In the structure of IMAX, they have Smart Monday, which is like an education day. And then um, you have Tuesday and Wednesday, which are pretty much just like the networking and exhibitor items that I mentioned. Um, And then Thursday is the last day. And I stayed through Thursday and I learned very quickly that a lot of people leave (laughs) early on Thursday. So I had like all these meetings scheduled on Thursday. My flight was like super late at night, but like some exhibitors had already like broken down and like left. And so I was like, oh, so I actually changed my flight so I could leave a little sooner just because I felt like I'd got, I gotten so much out of it. And I was like, kind of like ready to go. Um, but was able, you know, obviously I still fulfilled my meetings. I just kind of stopped by and see if people could meet with me sooner. So, yeah. Um, well, but I've f- talked a lot. I'll stop. Yeah. What are your questions? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I want to kind of go through, break down the, you know, what your goals were before and then some of your key takeaways. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I want us to take a quick ad break. We want to encourage you, our listeners, to also start a podcast if you'd like. We do our podcast through Anchor, and it has been amazing. It really streamlines the process as far as pushing out episodes. It pushes them to the major podcast platforms. It's how you're listening to this right now. And so it's also a great landing place for a general web page for our podcast. So if somebody wants more information, we can send it to them. So if you're interested in recording your own podcast, we encourage you to use Anchor. So make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.f. That's anchor.fm to get started. All right. And we're back. And as promised, I Mary, I do want to know what were your goals that you had going into IMAX as a hosted buyer, knowing these some of these obligations you were going to have to meet, but what were your personal goals? Yeah. So um, I had a handful of goals and it was kind of like I mentioned earlier, because I really, really wanted to go in with the purpose because I was, you know, nervous about it and wanted to make sure I had a plan, of course, because we're planners. So um, some of the goals that I had, I have a list actually here that I'm looking at because I wrote them down because that is just the level I was at. So um, classic Mary. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, basically, it was it was connections and networking. And so I wanted to build relationships with people so that I could partner with them in the future, right? So it's like making that that initial networking. So, you know, classic networking. Um, but something else was that I just wanted to to be in the room where it happens um, and have a presence just because I felt like that would be important to me and I didn't want to have FOMO. So that's what that was. Um, another one was just overall event ideas, because when you go to events like this, you just get ideas for other events. And that was great just to be able to see things. Um, 
And the last one was like vendor connections for events that require travel and then just expanding my reach in that sense. Um, Any any type of connection that kind of widens my immediate network, that's not an opportunity that comes very often. And so with IMAX, um, there's many international exhibitors and less this year I've heard um, because of COVID and everything like that, but there still were a handful. And so just to be able to reach that wider network. Yeah, those sound like some really uh, healthy and a wide range of goals when you're going into the conference. Um, how, I guess, what are were some of your key takeaways then? Did you achieve those some of those goals? Did something surprise you uh, out of the conference? Um, yeah, I would say, I would say I made progress on those goals. Um, I think the true, you know, result will come later. And so maybe we'll do like a quick check-in at some point later um, next year, because I think um, I was able to, first of all, on my flight there. So this IMAX happened the same weekend as the wedding NBA. And so on my flight to Vegas, I was sitting next to two women who were talking about events. And I was like, are you going to IMAX? They're like, no, we're going to wedding NBA. And I was like, oh, what? That's also this weekend. And then like throughout the plane ride, I heard other people talking about events on the plane. So I just feel like we had a plane full of event professionals going to Vegas for multiple conferences. And that actually was kind of cool. So it's like we started networking before we we even got there. So that was nice. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I would say I was able to make some really really what I think are good connections and I hope that they can continue to improve. And a lot of that happened by the way. And one of the most exciting things that happened was being able to see friends and colleagues that Logan and I know virtually, but have never met in person. And so I think that was the coolest part was to be able just to see them in person because it um, enhances that, you know, relationship so much more. And of course, we talk, we joke about this all the time, but we had the classic like, oh, you're so much taller than I thought you were, like <laughs> conversation. Um, I was so excited yeah. to see all your pictures because now I know how tall Mary is because we've now hung out several times in person. <laughs> so I was using you as my own like gauge. I was like, oh, that's yeah. how tall those folks are. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, you're so tall. And then like, are you wearing heels? Like, no way. <laughs> That would be a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's the one thing that Zoom or, or virtual is missing, some of that physicality. And it's funny. I always say, I was talking about this somebody else. I was like, it's not like it's bad if you're not tall. It's just our brains. It's so funny how our brains work that we like mentally have probably painted our own picture of what our brain thinks you look like in 3D. And like the mm-hmm. height has come with that. And then when you meet someone, it's just different. It's really funny. I've had it with the inverse. I found I've met some people and I was like, my brain had thought you were taller or had thought you were shorter, you know. Totally. Um, but anyway, um what were some other good takeaways that you had from this year's conference? So, I, it was just a, a really cool experience to be able to gather when we haven't been able to for such a long period of time. That being said, there were a lot of people there and that was a little nerve-wracking <laughs> for as far as COVID goes, but um it was cool to just to gather. You could tell that everybody was really excited just to be there. And so it was like really happy, which was great. Um <clears throat> but as far as some other takeaways too, um it, it just hit home the idea of what we talked about before. Everyone who I talked to, there was always a willingness to see how we could connect or partner or something like that, regardless of who they were or even what level they were. Because here's the thing. A lot of these people are like high execs of like event companies or hotels and just things like that. And it's so easy to meet them. Like it's so like it's crazy. Like you and they're all like willing to talk to you. And there's some like education sessions and things like that that you could go to throughout the week. And there was one in particular um, that was, I believe it was put on 
by the event MB and it was called Innovation Lab and there was like a series of speakers. And if you don't know event MB, it's you should look it up. It's just a really good resource and blog about best practices and things, all events. It's very well known. Um, and so like all the speakers are people that I have heard about before in the event industry. And there was like 40 people in this room listening to them speak, which means it was really cool. And we all had opportunities to ask questions. And it was just like, I look around the room and there's like five people that I like follow on LinkedIn have been, and have been like really wanting to meet or have on the podcast here. And they were just right there. So I could go talk to them. Like it just was weird that it was so accessible, if that makes sense. And so it was just cool to be there. That is very cool. I am curious just because I haven't gone to a, a conference yet of that size, you know, because of COVID. Were there a lot of business card exchanging or did you find that most folks were like, it's not QR. I know LinkedIn has QR codes now and some other stuff. Like how are you exchanging contact info with some of these folks? So we all brought business cards and they like tell you to bring a bunch of business cards, but we're in the digital age now. So a lot of people actually just, cause what do you do with a business card? You usually add that person on LinkedIn and then if you need to, you'll email them or something like that. So a lot of us actually just went direct. So on LinkedIn now, if you go to LinkedIn and you have the app on your phone and you go to like, there's like a search bar kind of at the top, there's a QR code. And so you can just pull that up and somebody can scan it. And then like there's their profile and you just add them. And so a lot of us just use that LinkedIn capability. Um, but still, you know, sometimes with an ex- like and an exchange of a business card, because a business card captures your like email and phone number and LinkedIn's kind of just your profile. Hopefully you're reachable either way. But um, I was surprised that I exchanged a lot less business cards than I thought I would. And along with that, you have your badge and there's a QR code on your badge. And that's what exhibitors scan. So when you meet with them, they just, they just scan it and it has your contact information. So then you're going to be put on their list and they're going to follow up with you after your meeting. So that's actually really nice, too, because it's kind of on them to follow up. But once again, you also give each other your business cards. But it's like it, there's kind of a backup virtual system, which is cool. I love that QR codes are a thing. That was when I lived in Shanghai. Um, WeChat is our form of messaging, very similar to kind of a um, a WhatsApp, but everyone uses it. No one texts. You just talk on WeChat. And there's it was so easy to network and connect with folks, both casually, like as friends, as well as professionally, because you would just say, oh, like, do you want me to scan you or you scan me? It was literally the exchange it would be. And then you'd hold up your QR code and you'd scan and then you could send them a message instantly. And I feel like that just takes some of the barrier away. So I'm very happy to hear that that's picking up here. <laughs> here in the yeah. US. Um, so thinking about you had, sounds like you had a really positive experience this year, Mary, but what would you do ne- differently next year? So um, one of the things, there, there's a handful of things I learned a lot this year. Um, I would probably make more strategic meetings because, you know, I had to go to the six meetings every day with exhibitors and I found myself kind of trying to like fill meetings. And I think as time goes on, I'll have more of a purpose, especially if there's in-person events. Like, oh, I really need to go meet with the Marriott and talk to them about this event. I had less of that now. Um, But I think just now that now that I understand the structure of the meetings and kind of the purpose behind them, I would maybe be a little just a bit more um, selective in who I'm choosing to uh, speak with simply because it would be a better use of my time. Like, that's the reason. Um, Like some of the people I did meet with, it was a great use of my time because like, I was able to learn about some new event softwares and platforms and things like that. And that was really useful for me. So just being more strategic and me- meeting more people like that, essentially. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is I arrived kind of late on Monday. So I missed a lot of the smart Monday education sessions. And I, I wish I had had that day simply because it would have given, given me more time to just kind of like 
arrive and decompress and have some opportunities to sit and learn. Because I got there so late, it was very like go, go, go. And then at the same time, I wish I had even like added an extra day, which I would have had to pay for myself, but to kind of decompress. Like, for example, like we're at Mandalay Bay and it's exciting. And like I went outside, I had like an hour break and I just like stuck my feet in the pool and it was beautiful and so warm and nice. And I was like, I just want to stay here and hang out. But I didn't have the chance to ever do that. And it as I was flying home, I was like, oh, dang, I, I should have like, that was cool that I was just there. And I should have been able to like do more touristy stuff like that. <laughs> I should have planned for that. But yeah, time to decompress because it is very demanding, I would say. Um, and something real quick, too, I want to go over is a, a really important part of IMAX are receptions. And so these are things that all happen at night. They're usually socials, happy hours, something like that. Um, I mean, at night, you know, late, late afternoon, evening. And if you are being hosted by someone, they usually have some scheduled receptions for you, for your group to network with each other or somebody is hosting you. So, for example, um, with my group, the um, we had an evening with um, Singapore. And so we went to this off-site restaurant and Singapore was hosting us. And so we just kind of networked and had some bites and there were drinks and um, they ended up giving away a trip, like a full on trip to Singapore, which was cool. I didn't win, but it was still cool. Next time. Um, Next time. So just like things like that. um, There's some really cool experiences that you can have if if you're hosted through um, that they host. But then in addition, you can get invited to things when you meet with people. Um, And even if you're not a hosted buyer as an attendee, a lot of the companies that are there like socio for example is a virtual uh, event platform company and they were there and they like had a social that you just had to register for beforehand but anybody could come and you just show up it's at it's like at their booth at the exhibition and they just have um you know bites and drinks and you can talk with each other and learn more about their company so there's all these different receptions that you can sign up for and um they're all free and so it's just like amazing and so because of that <laughs> The evening schedules got so crazy. There was like some nights when we had like three happening at one time. And so we would like kind of hop from one to the other because they each had their perks. So we wanted to like get as much as we could out of these experiences. So some nights were crazy. Just one thing from the next, but it was awesome. It sounds like a very quintessential Las Vegas experience. Um, yeah. For, you know, in addition to doing the conference. But yes, I can't. That is like a pro tip, I feel like, for anybody who's doing any kind of destination event or conference, either baking in an extra day um, or I just – I wasn't at IMAX because I was at my own uh, in-person event and I got to do – I did a later flight in the afternoon and asked for a late checkout at a hotel and that was when I got to experience their pool and they had a water slide and a lazy river and I had not put my foot in the water at all during the event days because we were so busy the first – three days. And that was kind of nice and a good kind of carrot for me at the end of the project. So I felt like I did get a little bit of time to relax before I flew back. But mm-hmm. so my last question for you, Mary, are what steps like are you going to take now coming out of IMAX America? It sounds like you got inspired, made some good connections, but um, what are your next steps to kind of make that whole experience feel worth it? Yeah. So I think the post-event conference stuff is what is really going to make it worth it. So I have like a big goal to follow up on every single business card I got. I tried to keep them organized and like not lose any. And um, 
you know, my hope is that they'll also reach out to me, but I want to be proactive in, you know, really show that I'm interested in, in that connection. So I want to email everybody. That's what I'm going to try to do next week. And remember the conversations I had with them. So it's not just, oh, hi, I'm Mary and we met at IMAX, but it was like, and we talked about this and I hope that we could do this. Like, and can we chat more? You know, I get like further commitment, not just a hi. And I think that's why email is important over LinkedIn or unless you're messaging on LinkedIn or whatever, but it's more than a connection. I want to build on those connections specifically. And another thing is a lot of these like opportunities where I met people, we didn't have a ton of time to like really learn about what our services and like what each other does. And so that's something else I want to have continued conversation. So I understand exactly what they do and who they work for or work for themselves and all that good stuff. So there needs to be further conversation, I feel like. Um, But it was great to at least be able to, to know them and meet them and exchange information. Um, So yeah, that's, that's a big thing I want to do. A second thing is hopefully exciting things coming for the podcast because I met some really cool people and I haven't talked to Logan about this yet. So surprise Logan. Well, um, we'll talk about this offline, but uh, met some really good connections. I think that are going to be really great for the podcast as well. So yay. We mind linked. I already was like, Mary, I hope some of those business cards are some good podcast guests. (laughs) Absolutely. Had to work the podcast angle, of course. Yes. Nice. Well, I think, um, is there anything else you want to kind of add about IMAX America 2021? I would say just overall, it was a really positive experience. It was a pleasure. I'm really excited for next year. And I want to encourage anyone who's an event professional to consider going and at least start looking into it. Um, If you're confused, also feel free to reach out because it is very overwhelming. Like I'm going to be completely honest with you. The whole thing is overwhelming, the process and the planning and like understanding So feel free to reach out if you have questions because I learned a lot, but looking forward to going next year with Logan, right? Yeah. I was going to say for those of us listening, if you weren't going and you're feeling a little bit of FOMO, I'm with you. Uh, I definitely felt it again, that like creating connections. And I think my last question for you, Mary, was, you know, we talked, you talked about it's a lot of people because of COVID. I know we just did an episode talking about how do you make that decision to go in person versus online versus hybrid. Um, What kind of differentiation do you have? I mean, I kind of can answer this for you, I think, from what you've been saying, but like, did it feel worth it to go to this experience as an in-person conference? Yes. I think this one would be really difficult to do as hybrid because it was it's less education and it's more straight up networking from a booth. And at these booths, there was very physical tangible things that like they were doing giveaways and things like that. And, you know, obviously we, we preach hybrid a lot. So some of those aspects can be taken virtual, but there was, there's a ton of value in doing this in person. Um, Yes, absolutely. For something like this, I think that's necessary, but you know, with that being said, it was also cool to see the steps they took um, regarding COVID. Like everyone had to be vaccinated to attend and also they used Clear, which you've seen a lot of airports, and they have an app that kind of you put your vaccination status on and you have to show it and just things like that. And so there were steps that they took. Um, and overall, I would say that was a really great in-person experience. Yeah, I think that's kind of refreshing to hear. I think so many of we've worked with clients before, each of us that are trying to replicate some of that exhibitor sponsor interaction. But for an event like this, where it is so, you know, we talk about your why, like it is, seems to be so connections driven that that's really hard to replicate. Um, I kind of wish you'd gone to a different, like an IMAX 2019, so we could compare it to 2021 to see if some of the exhibitors like doubled down on doing something really cool and interactive because we're 
you know, it's so rare to be doing some things that are hundred percent in person. And I know that's my personal hope for the future of in-person events is we just invest more time in these like really interesting experience, things that get you excited that made you marry, like want to go to all three parties when they all were scheduled for the same time, you know, in a way that maybe in other years, if it's just a reception with some drinks, you're not going to be as incentivized to go. So that makes me excited, even though I didn't even go to IMAX. So, um, but some good takeaways too, that are not IMAX related, but just if you are thinking about going to an industry event, an industry conference, you know, doing like Mary and having goals before you even get into it, that helps kind of give yourself a metric it really replicates, Mary, you're an event planner. It replicates what we say you should do for an event, <laughs> have some goals so that you can then measure post event. If it feels like it, it helped you achieve that things can still surprise you and not be on that list. Um, like it sounds for, for Mary, but um, having those goals going into it is really helpful. And I think, you know, we talked about, it's hard to go by yourself to these conferences. And I think you started to find a couple people you knew were going, but then probably were surprised that there were a lot more people that you actually knew going there, which I think is probably, probably speaks volumes to both the IMAX crowd and how they got the right people to come. But also when you're looking at other events, you know, that, that don't be discouraged if you don't know anybody, cause you could still meet someone. So, and then always having that post-event follow-up, Mary, I'm excited to hear what comes of those leads. Cause I think that is one of the things that is so important as an event organizer and an attendee to like do the follow through. Cause that's what makes the time you invested at the conference actually worth it. If you then follow up. Um, so yeah. And I think that brings us to our bonus tip, which Mary, you're bringing us our bonus tip this week. Yes. Okay. You're hearing a bunch from me today. So uh, my bonus tip is a some, an experience that I actually had during IMAX. So I just want to shout out a company real quick. It's called Mystery Trip and I will link them. But what they do, and this is something that I, I purchased a ticket, obviously not like affiliated with them or whatever. I just did this because it sounded fun. And so I'm sharing it with you all. Um, we purchased a ticket for an evening basically in Vegas and we didn't know what we were signing up for. That's the whole point of the mystery trip. All we knew is that we had to bring a few different things with us and that was all that we knew. So keep in mind, we all happen to be event planners that were participating in this. And so obviously it was like terror to the terrible in that sense because we want to plan and we didn't know anything that was happening, but actually I think it was really good for us. So we had a great time. We were able to go see a couple different sites in Vegas. We ended up going to dinner at this awesome place. And then we did a scavenger hunt and it was just a lot of fun. So mystery trip does trips for, um, it's really good for company, you know, building and things like that. Um, and it's like a small group of like 20, but they could probably do more or less. And anyway, it was a great time. They also do them virtually, which I think is cool. And so shout out to Mystery Trip. Feel free to check them out and see if it might be something you're interested in. I like those virtual ones. Could be a good one if you're listening and having needing an idea for a holiday party for your organization, your company, or your industry group. So thanks, Mary. That brings us to uh, the end of our episode for this week. You can find us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email. We love, thank you for those of you who have sent us emails. It's always fun to connect with you and put some faces to our lovely listeners. So email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And as always, thanks again for listening. We're so happy to have you here and cannot wait to be back in your ears again next Wednesday. Bye, folks. <laughs>